Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. He is a fulfiller of his word, amen? Well, get your Bibles open tonight, and as you do, don't forget, tomorrow is the first Thursday of the month. Outreach on the square, amen? God is going to continue to touch lives out there and touch hearts And uh, this two weeks from Friday, we start a revival. Amen. So don't forget to put that on your calendars. Amen. That uh, two weeks from tonight, we're going to be here. Or sorry, from two weeks from Friday here on Friday night at 7 p.m. And uh, with Pastor Bland from Cortez, Colorado. Amen. If you have not heard Pastor Bland, you're going to be in for a treat. And you're going to get, if you take notes, you're going to have a full notebook. I always take lots of notes on his messages. He's one of my favorite preachers. He's a man that I look up to greatly. I call him walking wisdom. He's just a man of tremendous wisdom, and I'm thankful for uh, his ministry and his example for a lot of years. So two weeks from Friday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we'll be having that revival. And then we're going to have another revival in June, amen, with Mike Leichner, the country western singer. He's, but he's not just coming to sing. He's coming to preach. He's a good preacher. Amen. And then then the following month, we'll be at conference. Time is flying. Amen. So out there in the Welcome Center, and you see the posters at at both doors. Conference is the 26th through the 30th. We want to take more people this year than we took last year. That's going to be hard to do, but we're going to do it. Amen. So if you don't know what the conference is, get a flyer out there. Get online and look about it and find out. Ask people. And they'll help you go and help you figure out what you need to do. Some, some people here are, are experts at conference, amen, and finding a place to stay and all those different things. Let's give a hand to those that are watching online tonight, amen, that couldn't be here, amen. Maybe they're sick or maybe they're just not able to be here and uh, maybe they just stayed home, amen. But let's, we're thankful that they're able to watch tonight. Get your Bibles open to Matthew 6. I'm going to be in one part of scripture tonight this is going to be easy for David translating because he just has to be in one set of scriptures I'm going to read less than 10 scriptures but we're going to get a lot out of it how many know prayer is important Jesse said it just a few moments ago now I know he was opening up the service in prayer so it was kind of obvious for him to talk about that but he said prayer is the what key he said prayer is the key it is a weapon as well but prayer is the key that opens up doors. Amen. How many want some doors to open up in your lives? Now, this is what I call the model of prayer. That's the title tonight, the model of prayer. We have lots of people in the Bible who prayed, but there's nobody who prayed better than Jesus himself. And I always think to myself, if Jesus needed to pray, how much more do we need to pray? If God himself in the body of a man, needed to pray. How much more do we need to pray? Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands tonight, but I'm just going to make a simple statement, and you can figure out where you are inside of this statement, and it might be a challenge, it might be a conviction, it might be a confirmation. But one thing I can tell you is, when when I talk to someone, and they're struggling, or they're going through something in their life, or they're going through blessings, or they're going through victory, Whenever I talk to someone in their situation, you can tell if a person has a prayer life. Now, you, you know if you have a prayer life or you don't tonight. 
Uh, and if you don't have a prayer life, you can get one. That's the good thing. Amen. You can start to have one. And prayer is something that the devil will fight you on because he knows how powerful prayer is. And so it's something we need to have, and we have an example tonight. We have prayer before every service. We have a prayer meeting that was started on Tuesday nights. We have prayer uh, different times. We have prayer meetings that are set. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about before conference at doing at least one, maybe a couple all-night prayer meetings. How many would like to do an all-night prayer meeting? How many would, would show up to an all-night prayer meeting? That's all I needed was one person. Amen. Two people. I saw two hands. That's all I need. The rest of you can sleep and we'll pray. Amen. Or maybe we'll sleep and pray. But we'll have an all-night prayer meeting. We'll start at like 7 or 8 o'clock and see how late we can go. We used to do them in Costa Rica all the time. And we'd go till 5 o'clock in the morning. And uh, people come in at different shifts. And so we're going to have some prayer meetings and some fasting before the conference. So I want you to write this down, the attitude of prayer. We're going to read Matthew chapter 6, but I'm not going to read it all the way through. I'm going to read it, and I'm going to break it down as we go through. And let's just start this off with some prayer. Father, thank you for the praise and worship. Thank you for the time of giving and the time of prayer that we had to open up this service. Lord, we remind ourselves, not you because you don't need reminding, but we remind ourselves how important prayer is. And that's why we pray before the service. That's why we pray at, at the beginning of service. We pray in the middle of the service. And we pray at the end of the service because prayer is so important. I ask you to anoint my words tonight. Let the words of your scriptures come off these pages of the Bibles and get in our hearts and cause us to want to be men and women of prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. You know what's so exciting about prayer? Prayer has nothing to do with talent. You know what's so exciting about a prayer life? It has nothing to do with your bank accounts. You know what's so exciting about prayer? It has nothing to do with how you feel. It can't affect any of those things. If you, it, you, it can try. You say, I don't feel like praying. Or, but it, none of those things will affect a prayer life. You can pray no matter how you feel. You can pray no matter how much money you have or don't have. You can pray no matter how, you go, how life is treating you. Prayer is, is a weapon. Prayer is a key. And prayer is very important. And we just have to make a decision to do it every day. Matthew 6, verse 5. So Jesus is, they, the disciples come to him and they say, Jesus, Lord, how do we pray? And I know Jesus probably said, I'm so glad you asked. Amen? Because he wanted them to learn. And when you pray, he says... He starts to give a model prayer. He says, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. And we're just going to stop right there for a second. I want to touch this first verse. So the first thing he does, the first thing he addresses is he says that we, I, don't, I don't want your prayers to be seen doesn't mean you don't get seen when you pray. He says, I don't want you to pray to be seen. Okay, prayer is not something that you're supposed to do. And, and sometimes you can kind of visualize the person who's praying with one eye open. You ever seen anybody pray like that? They're praying and, and then someone looks at them and they close their eye and they open the other eye. And they're looking around because they want to be seen that they're praying. I'm not talking to anybody in here tonight, amen. But he was addressing some people who would go out into the public 
and they would shout and pray, and or or maybe they wouldn't shout, maybe they'd be quiet, but they'd get on their knees and they would they would be visible and they would look like people of prayer. He says, that's not what I'm looking for. That's not the attitude. So for one thing I want you to write down is this. Avoid public performance. Avoid public performance. Lots of people, and you kind of sometimes see this in prayer meetings. I've seen this over the years. All of a sudden, you'll see people who... Uh, don't necessarily pray in the prayer room or, or don't necessarily show up to other things. They'll show up to a prayer meeting and then all of a sudden they want to be seen and so they all of a sudden become active prayers because there's a group of people. Okay, And again, I'm not talking about anybody in this place. I don't have anybody in mind. This isn't a, a, an attack on anybody. This is Jesus mentioning in the scriptures. He says, don't be like the hypocrites. He says they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corner of the streets that they would be seen by men. So you have to ask yourself, why do I pray? Do I pray for people to see me or do I pray because I want to talk to God? Okay, that's the key. And if you want to be seen by men and, and, when you, and the only time you pray is when people are watching, then that's what you're going to get. You're going to get what you can get from God when you're, being, when you're praying to be seen by men. But that's not what God is looking for. That's not the attitude he's looking for. And he goes right into the next verse and says this. But you, verse 6, when you pray, go into your room. And by the way, don't, don't take this to say that, that we can't pray in public. This, this, is, this is a different, this is a prayer life, the model prayer of a prayer life. Okay, there's a different setting for corporate prayer. He says, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So think about what I just said a second ago. If you're praying to be seen by men, the only blessing you're going to get is to be seen by men. That's it. People are going to say, oh, he prayed or she prayed. Oh, they're they might even say, ooh, they're good prayers or they're prayer warriors. They might say those things about you. But if you only pray in public and you don't pray in private and you don't have a prayer life, then you're not going to get what he just said here. He says he rewards those who in secret pray. And how does he say he'll reward them? If we pray in secret, how will he reward us? Openly. So I, I don't think I have to ask us to raise our hands tonight. All of us want to be rewarded by God. All of us want to have his hand on our lives. All of us want to have the anointing of God in our lives. And so the key to an overcoming life in, our, in, 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 in prayer is to pray in secret, to have a time of prayer. It's very important that you set a time. Church, if you want to have a prayer life, you've got to set a time. It's one of the hardest things that people struggle with. But how many today have schedules? Let me see your hand if you have a schedule. Every day, you have, I mean, everybody, right? We have to wake up at a certain time. We have to be at work at a certain time or school at a certain time. We, we get ready at a certain time. We leave the house at a certain time. We go to lunch at a certain time. We have schedules. And, and if you don't have a schedule for prayer, you don't have a prayer life. Okay? I don't say that to condemn you. I say that to, con to convict you and to challenge you. You should have in your alarm clock, and I just, I, I just think that morning is important, not that you can't pray at night, and you can't do both. 
And maybe you'll, have a, maybe you'll be in a different season in your life. There's been times in my life where I had better prayer life at night. But I know that in the morning, before the sun even came up, is when Jesus would get up to pray. And, I, and how many know when somebody's a model for something, you follow the model? And so you should have in your alarm clock, if you have a prayer life, you should have a time that you get up to pray. And that's, that's between you and God. That's not to pronounce to everybody else what time yours is or how long you pray or anything. But he's saying here, when you pray, go, and go into your room. Go to a place. Shut the door. Some people call it a prayer closet. I've said this before. If you've never seen the, the movie War Room, you need to watch the movie War Room, especially if you're a new believer in here or if you haven't been coming to church for very long, or you haven't seen any Christian movies. They're not all good, but this one is great. If you haven't seen the movie War Room, go watch the movie War Room. It will challenge your prayer life. Okay? So, so number two, number one was avoid public performance. Number two, you have that private closet time, and this is, this is the truth that I was thinking about. If you don't have a private prayer life, you have no business praying publicly. You shouldn't be praying in public and, and having a, a ministry if you don't have a prayer life. Now, how does that work? I can't be the prayer police like sometimes I've tried to be and want to be because I want our church to pray. And sometimes I do get on those things, right? I give people looks because they're not in the prayer room. Or I say, hey, have you gone to pray? Some of you know what I'm talking about. Or have you been in the prayer room longer than a minute? I'll, I'll, I'll get on you for that. And thank, thankfully tonight, the prayer room was a little louder. It was a little more powerful in there tonight from what I said Sunday morning. And I was telling a couple before the church, it's crazy. We've been at church for 14 years. We should know how to pray by now. Amen? Is anybody here tonight? Anybody here on this side over here? Y'all here? Anybody here over here? Are you home? Anybody home? You can say that and they're literally at home. Amen. Prayer life. This is something that, that it is, you have to tighten the belt on. Why is it that I can be saved for 30 years and I still have to work on my prayer life every day? Why is it that we've been in church for 14 years and i got to walk into the prayer room and in the next service say, man, I wish you could have prayed better. Why? Because prayer is fought. It's fought. And I'm always challenging our people. You're going to get up and touch this instrument? You're going to work with the kids in the back? You're going to touch the soundboard? You're going to serve any, in any of these areas in church? You need to pray. You need to be in the Spirit. And so there's no, that's why we, we're, if, you, if you don't know, we're adamant about praying and having a prayer life. But it goes back to this. Can I know if you're praying at home? Absolutely not. I have to trust that you're praying at home. You have to trust that I'm praying at home. Y'all following me? So private closet time. Let's keep reading. And when you pray, this is a really important one, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. What, what does that mean? That means that a lot of people pray, and this is, this is the case in a lot of, sadly, in a lot of people's lives in the world that have never been discipled or never really read the Bible, and they're part of a, a religious group, and they don't know any better. A lot of them don't know any better because they maybe are a part of a church that don't even read the Bible at church. 
I'm, I'm familiar enough to know. I have, I've been to some services. I've been to some funerals where there are certain setups in the church. And, and listen, some people like that. That's fine. But the whole service is, is the same every single week. It's the same things. It's the same prayers. And that's not what God is looking for. He's looking for. Now, we have a, we have a certain way we do our service, but we don't say the same prayer every, every service. We have a certain time we praise and worship, but we don't sing the same songs. We have the same preaching every week, but we don't preach the same message. I mean, can you imagine how boring it would get if we sang the same, as much as we love the song, if we sang the same songs tonight on Sunday and then next Wednesday and then the following Sunday. After a while, we would be like, can we change the song? I love that song, but can we change it? Can we sing, can we sing a new one? Can you preach on something different? And I think God is saying, can you try talking to me in a different way? You've said that to me for the last six months. Try something new. I want to I hear you from, from your heart. What he's saying is, I want to hear you from your heart. And so some people, listen, this doesn't mean you can't have a, a go-to prayer. This can't, there's certain things I pray a lot. But the, the idea is that we're not reading a script in our prayers. Okay, a model prayer from Jesus, and we're going to see it in a minute, in, in, the, in the Lord's Prayer, it's the end of this part of, of, this, of this chapter, is that he gives us a model prayer, and then other people have gone on to say, the Padre Nuestro, or, or the Lord's Prayer, and they recite the Lord's Prayer as their prayer verbatim. And even though they, what they do is they miss out on these prior verses that we're reading, that says, I need you to have a, 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 a not a vain repetition, I need you to pray from your heart. It's a model. It's, it's, how many know there's no wrong way to pray? Did you know there's no wrong way to pray? If you're in here tonight, you go, man, I don't know if I pray right. You're, there's no wrong way. The only wrong way to pray is what? Not to pray at all. That's the only wrong way to pray. So he says, as the heathens do, for they think they'll be heard for their many words. Sometimes, this is one thing that is a kind of a personal pet peeve for me, whether it's some kind of um, event Maybe it's a funeral, whatever, but mostly events. They'll, they'll have somebody that does a prayer, and I, it drives me nuts when someone reads a prayer. Like they read the prayer. Like, oh, we're going to have so-and-so pray, but they read the prayer. That, to me, is not a prayer. That's reading. Right? Prayer comes from here. Pray, prayer is not, not saying the same thing. Prayer, prayer is... And, and, and this goes back to a lot of times when I talk about your, your marriages and your friendships and stuff. How, how old would your relationships get if every single time you saw your husband or your wife, they told you the same thing? I mean, you want some freshness. You want some newness. you got to mix it up a little bit. And so God, God wants that with us. He wants us to have a relationship. He wants us to find new ways to pray, new, way, new words to use. So he says, don't be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. How many are thankful for that? So number one is avoid public performance. Number two is have private closet time. Number three is don't use vain repetitions. So that's the attitude of prayer. Let me go over that again. Our attitude. How many know your attitude determines your altitude? You know how good your prayer life's going to be? How good your attitude is about prayer. Did y'all catch that? If you don't get a place to a place where you want to pray and love to pray and understand the importance of prayer, you're not going to do a good job at it. So you might as well not do it. 
You might as well just not do it. God wants you to have a good attitude about it. You don't, do you think God wants you to dread prayer? Do you think he wants you to dread talking to him? He wants a relationship with you. And we need to talk to God like you talk to another person. Have a conversation with him. He's not looking for the, he's not going to say stop. You said that wrong. Can you give me a bigger word? Can, can you repeat that, please? He just wants to talk to us. He wants to have conversation with us. That's what he's looking for. So the model is, or sort of the attitude is, that I'm not doing it to be seen. I'm doing it because I love God. The attitude is, I'm doing it alone so that God will reward me publicly. So I will have fruit in my life from my prayer life. This goes a long ways in ministry, especially in the pulpit. There's no anointing in the pulpit if there's no prayer life. When a person is preaching the word, you can tell if someone's been in prayer or not. Because that, that the Spirit of God is anointing that word because of a prayer life. I fear God too much to get up here and preach without spending time with God. Because I, I don't have what, I, what you need in myself. But through the anointing of the Holy Spirit and spending time with God, He speaks through me and speaks to you somehow every single week. And He gets all the glory for it. And sometimes I'm amazed at how God does things through our human lives. But you know why He does it? Because we submit ourselves to Him. So private prayer life. And the last one is... You do it from your heart. Another, word, another way of getting out, don't use vain repetitions, is talk to me from your heart. Okay? Talk to me from your heart. How many know, parents, when you talk to your kids, you don't want them to tell you what you want to hear? Did y'all catch that? You want your kids to tell you what they, they want to tell you. If you, you. You might say, I don't want to hear that. I don't, don't say that. Don't say that. But the truth is, you want to know the truth. God wants the truth from us. And it says there that he already knows anyways. So we might as well be honest. Now, here is the model example. We're going to keep reading here. Verse 9. How do we pray? He says, in this manner, therefore pray. And this is what's called the Lord's Prayer. But this is not, as we already saw, to be repeated and prayed as this prayer. It's not to be done like this. Oh, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done as earth is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. It's not to be said like that. We have to break it down like this. He starts off by this. This is the best way to start your prayer off in the morning. It says, Our Father that is in heaven, hallowed or revered or respected or worshipped is your name. The best way you can start your time of prayer in the morning is worshiping him. Now, I'm not saying that you can't listen to worship music or worship and sing, but I'm saying he wants you to worship him from your heart. In other words, think of some words. Lord, you're so amazing. You're so faithful. You're so good. Whatever. It's coming from your heart, and you're meaning it. And there's a reverence there. I told you in the last few years, I've gotten this extra reverence where I start my prayers off by saying, Lord, I want you to, I want you to know I respect you. I revere you. I honor you. I fear you. I want him to know that. And I say it from my heart. 
Because I do. How many know that's a good place to start? It's a place of humility. So you start in worship. Now, I want to throw this in. I'm not going to do this for the rest of the message, but I want to give you a couple of examples. When you break down something like this, and this is a good teaching moment, not just for prayer, but for Bible study. We see here in this first part of the verse, it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, worshipped, adored, revered. So you take that part, and then you go find some other scriptures that have to do with the worship. So, for example, I just grabbed one t- today when I was working on this, and it says, for worship, I, the, ver- the first verse that came to my mind was, Jesus is, is being tempted, and, and I don't have these up on the screen, you can just write them down, but it's an example. Jesus is being tempted in Matthew 4, and he says in verse 10, Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and only him shall you serve. So you start, st- how many of you need to study the Bible? You start studying the Bible, and you start getting verses in your spirit to pray from. Pray the Bible. Pray the verses. Pray those things. The Lord, your word says. Not because he needs to be reminded, but because you need to be reminded. He, he, if Jesus did this, why wouldn't we do this? Satan is tempting him. I mean, why would we ever not do what Jesus does? So Satan's tempting him, and he says, Get away from me, Satan. You shall, and he uses the word of God. You, he says, as it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and only him shall you serve. So you can add into your prayers the verses of the Bible. Speak, I mean, it's like speaking his language. It's his love language. His, God's love language is his word. I mean, no, he loves his word. So when you speak his word, it makes him happy. Next part is, verse 10, sorry, um, verse 11, no, 10, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So his kingdom. It's not my, Jesus said in the garden, not my will be done, Lord, but your will be done. How many know every single morning when we wake up, we have to surrender our will to God? If we're going to be victorious. Lord, not my will today. But your will be done. Because my will might be flipping the tables. But you don't want me to flip the tables today. You want me to love. You want me to be peaceful. You want me to help. You want me to help, you know, witness. So his kingdom. Verse 11, watch this. Give us this day our daily bread. I think of that verse, and a verse pops into my spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ. So in your prayer life, you're, you're learning other scriptures. You're learning how to speak his language. You're learning how to pray from, from your heart. And, you, and this is something you practice. How many have ever gotten good at something? Something. What did you have to do to get good at it? You had to practice, and you had to do it consistently, and you had to do it over and over again. Nobody is, you, no matter how good you are at something, there's some people that are born, natural-born athletes or natural-born musicians, they still have to practice. There may be a talent there, but you still have to practice. So you, you, there may be a, 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 a thing in you that you were born with to be a prayer warrior, but you still got to practice. You still got to use it. It's like a muscle. What happens with a muscle if you don't use it? It, gets, it dies. It, gets, it, it loses its power. So prayer is a muscle. Prayer is powerful. You got to use it. You got to express it. You got to put it into um, practice. And so thankfulness is important. Give us this, you know, when they lived in those days, 
Here we are in the United States. We, we talk about this a lot. We have refrigerators. We have freezers. We have restaurants. We have all kinds of things that they didn't have back then. When they woke up, they had to trust God for their bread that day. That day. Lord, give me what I need today. And, and did you know, we've said this before, lots of places in the world, they don't know where their next meal is. They don't know. that. Can you, any of you imagine that in here today? Not knowing what you're going to eat tomorrow morning for breakfast or lunch if you don't eat breakfast. There are many people in the world that don't know what they're going to eat tomorrow. They literally have to wake up. I used to hear people in Costa Rica all the time in the poverty-stricken area where our churches were. They would say it all the time. I'm just believing God for, for, for our food, our daily food. They would have a thing called a diario, which is a, it's exactly that. It would be a bag of food for the day. And we would find people who had a need, and we would give them a diario, which was just a bag of food for one day. And that was a life changer for them because they knew they were going to be able to eat that day. So how many know we need to be thankful? Here's the big one. Circle this, underline this. Here's where the, the crust and the crux and the most important part of this entire prayer falls in. This is what cripples or releases your prayer life. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lord, forgive me for my sins, and I'm going to be so thankful that you forgive me of my sins that I'm going to forgive others. We can't be halfway. Lord, please forgive me for my sins. I'm sorry for making mistakes. I'm sorry for messing up. And then like that stories, the stories of the parables, go and, and be mean to somebody else and not forgive them. we got to remember that Jesus forgave us. I'm telling you, this is very important to your prayer life because you remember uh, Pastor Jose that's in Costa Rica telling this in his testimony. His very first message he ever heard me preach the night he got saved as an atheist is when he realized that he didn't know there were prayers. He actually said it was a different word. I can't remember the word he used. Because if you're not a believer in God, you don't use the word prayer. Good thoughts or whatever he called it. Good wishes. People call it good vibes. What are, there's all kinds of words people use. He said, I realized that night that all those thoughts that I had, that I wanted to be better for better peop for people, was hitting the ceiling because I had unforgiveness towards my grandma. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, you can pray five hours a day. You can fast 21 days in a row, and your prayers are hitting the ceiling. Amen? This is an important place to stop. Jesus, And, I'll, and you'll see why in a second. He, he, he says, and, and notice that to get to this place of forgiving, we've worshipped, we've been thankful, We've said, not your, my will, but your will be done. See how he's kind of worked us up? That's kind of how the service in church works. We, we praise and we worship and we pray so that when the preaching comes, we're not in the flesh. And it doesn't hit our flesh. We get our spirits ready to receive. So Jesus is teaching us if we'll, if we'll have a right prayer attitude and a right model, by the time we get to the hard part, our hearts will be ready to forgive. Amen? So forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now I think of this part as 
where we need to examine ourselves. We need to look inside and say, God, do I have unforgiveness towards somebody? How many know you got to ask the Lord? You might not, you might not know, you might know it obviously and automatically, but you might be having to say, God, show me if I've got the wrong attitude towards somebody. Show me if there's unforgiveness. And the la- another verse that I think of is in 2 Corinthians 13, 5. It says, examine yourselves as to whether you're in the faith. So you, how are you going to know if you're really in the faith? Is if you forgive. I was talking about this tonight too with, with a couple before church. In ministry, you have to learn to do this. Can everybody just lift your hand up for a second and just do this? You know what I'm doing? Let it go. Let it go. Water off a duck's back. You got to let it go. You just got to let things go. And you got to move on. Because there's too many lives at stake and there's too many blessings out there. And God's doing too much stuff to get stuck. And especially to stop your prayer life. So we examine ourselves and we say, Lord, show me if I've got a wrong attitude about something. Show me if I've got unforgiveness in something. Show me if I need to forgive somebody again. Maybe show me if I need to go to that person and say, listen, I'm sorry if I've hurt you. I'm sorry if I've offended you. I'm sorry if I've done anything to make you mad. Amen? You might say, maybe, 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 is, maybe you're looking at somebody else when you look at me that way. Maybe how many have ever had that happen? You think someone's mad at you and they're looking at someone past you. And then you don't talk to them for six months. Verse 13. And do not lead us into temptation. This is a verse that gets taken out of context a lot because they say, well, I thought God didn't tempt us. What he's saying here is, help me stand firm under trial. Because how many know we're going to be tempted? Every once in a while. All the time. We're going to be tempted every day. Temptation's coming. And he says, lead us not into that. In other words, help me not fall into temptation. Help me stand firm under trial. And then the next part says, and deliver us from the evil one. But you know how you get delivered from the evil one? You don't give him any place. You don't entertain him. When you forgive, you get rid of the devil. When you examine yourself, you open yourself up to, to, to where the devil has no place to, to hang around you. Sometimes we give the devil too much room in our lives. We give him too much place. Okay? So don't give the devil any place. James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and what will happen? He'll what? Resist the devil and he will flee. Amen? And it finishes up right here. For yours is the kingdom and the power, and musicians, you can come, and the glory forever. So, amen. So he begins with worship, and he ends with worship. Kind of how we start, do our services. And the Lord's model prayer ends. Okay? That's it. There's the, there's the model prayer. How many got something out of that? But watch this. The prayer's over. And the next verse Jesus says, I need to hit something again just to make sure you didn't, you didn't, this didn't go over your head. Watch what 14 says. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Didn't he already say that? Why is he saying it again? 
He's putting emphasis on it. He says, all that attitude of, of prayer and all that model that I'm giving you is exactly what I need from you. But if you didn't catch that forgiveness part, church, this is, this is where I would tell you that the church hangs in the balance around the world. Not just here, around the world. Because when people don't know how to forgive, they're hurting God's very purpose, which is forgiveness. Isn't that what Jesus came to do? To forgive. And there are so many people that I've met in my lifetime that are hung up on something and won't forgive. And I've met people that say, I won't forgive. How sad is that? Yet they want Jesus to forgive them for their sins. And so he says, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And then he could have ended there. But he didn't. But... If you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So how many see here that Jesus is putting a really strong emphasis in our prayer lives about forgiving? Forgiving. To whom much is given, much is required. We have been given much. If we could see tonight what our sins look like on that cross, we sing that song. Uh, I had it for a second, then I wonder what. How, uh, I'll never know. I'll never know how much it cost to see my sins upon that cross. That's that's what we need to be reminded in our prayer. When we are humbling ourselves in the morning and we're saying, Lord, I revere you, I fear you, I respect you, I worship you, I thank you for this day, and you pray for all the things you pray for, the most important thing you can focus on in your prayer is, God, thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. But I'm not going to be a hypocrite and not forgive other people. I'm going to forgive. You know that's a personal choice? Have you ever heard the stories? I've heard some stories in my life that I said, I would say, I, can't, I couldn't do that. I just told you all about the one recently, not too long ago, about over in Brazil, no, sorry, Ecuador, of the missionaries back in the 50s, where I, my friend actually met the guy who killed the missionary with spears, Billy Elliot. Can you imagine... Wives going to another country as missionaries and your welcome to the country was your husband being brutally murdered. And then you go back to that place and go to those people that killed your husband and say, I forgive you. Have you heard the stories here locally and even in the last few years of moms and dads who've lost their kids to murder and they go to the court and they go to the courthouse, and they go to the trial, and they tell that murderer, I forgive you. I don't know about you. I don't know if I could do that. That's, that's an understanding of forgiveness. And some of those people aren't even saved. So church, if we want to have a model of prayer, Jesus' best model was his forgiveness. All throughout his ministry, people would come up and mock him, people would make fun of him, people, people would question him. He says, I'm just about my father's business. I'm just about my father's business. And then he gets on that cross and he gets crucified and he gets beaten and he gets spit upon and he doesn't deserve any of it. And he looks out 
He says, Father, forgive them. So I, I, would, I would go on record tonight to say that the most important part of your prayer life is your forgiveness. How strongly you forgive is how, strongly your prayer, how strong your prayer life is. And if you're here and you're saying, I just can't do it, let me give you some help. God will help you. God will help you forgive. You might have to say, Lord, I, in my own power, I can't do it. I've been hurt too bad. I've been offended too bad. I've been violated too bad. This is something I can't do in my own power. I've been there. I've been to that place where I said, Lord, I want to forgive, but I can't do it in my own power. Help me forgive like I'm supposed to forgive. And guess what God did? He helped me. Right before we pray, I want to remind you, how do you know when you've forgiven somebody? How do you know when you've truly, not by your words, but from your heart, truly forgiven somebody? When someone brings up the situation again, and it doesn't make you mad. It doesn't mean you forgot it, but you don't get angry again. That's how you know you've forgiven somebody. And you're just able to go, that's water under the bridge. That's in the past. That's scrambled eggs. I can't unscramble them. But I can look forward, and we can go forward, and God can do great things. Father, I, I ask that we would all tonight have a prayer life. You are the model of prayer. You are the perfect example. You are a man who did action and not words. You led by example. And Lord, sometimes it's hard. It's hard to forgive. It's hard to sacrifice. It's hard to die to our flesh and get up earlier than normal and get into a room and pray and spend time with you. We're tired. We want to hit the snooze button. We're busy. But God, our, our lives and the lives of so many people depend on the power of our prayer life. And Lord, we want people to know how real you are. And Lord, we see that people fail. We saw the disciples that walked with Jesus falling asleep in the garden. And he said, can't you just pray with me for one hour? And Lord, we've got to understand this is always going to be a battle of our flesh. Well, we can overcome the flesh. We can defeat the enemy. We can win. We can be victorious. But it all starts with the right attitude. It all starts with thankfulness and worship. Tonight, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, here in the sanctuary and online and on the podcast, have you forgiven yourself? Have you asked Jesus to forgive you for your sins? Are you born again? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Our salvation hinges not on our works, but in our confession. Not in the good that we do or the good that we are, but in our confession of our sins. He says, if, if you confess your sins, I am faithful and just to forgive you of all of your sins and cleanse you from all your unrighteousness. That's the kind of God we serve. Tonight, if you have never called on the name of Jesus and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want you just to open your heart tonight. He, the Bible says he's knocking right now and he wants to come in and dine with you. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Not a, not a religion, but a relationship. Do you know him personally? Is he everything to you tonight?
If you're here and you don't know him and you want to know him, we can pray tonight. Would you just lift up your hand and say, pray for me. I want Jesus to come into my life tonight. I want to be born again. I want to ask Jesus to forgive me of all my sins. I know I'm not worthy of it, but I want to change tonight. I want to, I want to be saved all across this place. Maybe you're backslidden. You're running. You've known the Lord. I was reading in Hebrews 6 today, tasted and known and all these things about God, but you turn away and go back to your old ways like a dog goes back to its vomit. Maybe you need to rededicate your life tonight. How many? That's me. That's me. Amen. It's a Wednesday night. You're saved in here. You're born again in here. We're still going to say a prayer for those watching online. We never know. But then we're going to open up these altars and we're going to examine ourselves. We're going to pray. We're going to practice what we just learned. We're going to put it into practice tonight and pray. So let's stand to our feet all across this place. If you would, please. You know, when you think of athletics or music or anybody who's talented at anything in this world that people pay tickets to watch, their, their talent is, is one thing, but what's not seen, what's seen in public is the show, the lights, the field, the cameras. It's the show. It's the finished product. But you never see the practice. And what makes that person famous and their talent is the time they spend in practice. The hours and hours and hours at a piano, at a guitar, in a, in a basketball court, running the bleachers, working on their body, working on their voice, doing all these things behind the scenes. Isn't it interesting that that's something we see in the world all the time? What's seen on TV, you watch a movie that lasts two hours, now they're four, but hour and a half, two hours, three hours, whatever it is. How many know it takes thousands and thousands of hours to film that movie? We just see the two hours. We don't see all the work behind it. Everything in life is like that. What's seen in public comes out of what's done in private. It's the same in the prayer life. So God is challenging us tonight to do more great things in public based on what we do in private. And that's that sanctification. That's that prayer life. Let's say a sinner's prayer tonight for those that are watching online as a congregation. Maybe you're watching tonight and it's your first time watching and the Holy Spirit's dealing with your heart right now and you are not saved, and if you died tonight, you would not go to heaven. You would stand before a holy God with no answers. Well, the Bible says if you'll call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. You might be in Alaska. You might be in California. You might be down in Costa Rica. You might be in some place we've never met you before. Someone passed this on to you, but they passed it on to you because they loved you. And right now, God is speaking to you. And if you will open up your heart, Jesus Christ will come in and change your life. He will transform you and he'll forgive you of all of your sins, no matter what you've done. You might be watching and say, you don't know what I've done. In this place, in this sanctuary, everything you can think of has been done in this place. And people have given their lives to Jesus and been forgiven. You can be forgiven. Say this prayer with me tonight. Lord Jesus.
Tonight I put my faith in you. I know that I'm a sinner. And I fall short of all your glory. I'm lost with no hope. But Jesus, I call on your name. And I believe that you came from heaven with a plan of salvation. You lived a sinless life. And you were like a lamb led to the slaughter. And you gave your life for the ransom of humanity. To redeem me and to reconcile me back to God. I believe that tonight. Jesus, come into my life. Change me and transform me. I want to be born again. I want to be a new creation. Change me tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's thank the Lord for his Holy Spirit tonight. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.